Craft Beer Radio, episode 380 on May 14th, 2016. I like to watch things on TV. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where, oh, what does it take to say at the end of MST3K? Uh, oh, if if you're you. wondering how they eat and breathe other science facts, just repeat <laughs> yourself. It's just a show. You should really just relax. <laughs> what are we drinking today? Well, we have uh, an array of uh, of beers, as is as is usual on the show. I think this anchor is probably what we should start with. All right, the anchor saison. Uh, so this is they call it. Uh, Belgian-style ale with a California twist. Ooh. Way out, dude. So, I noticed when I was at the beer store that I really haven't drank much Anchor lately. And I also noticed that Anchor seems to have put out a bunch of different things that they didn't do traditionally, you know, for a long, long time. You know, being such the grandpappy of craft beer that they were, Mm -hmm. that, you know three or four years ago it was pretty much just their stable lineup right anchor steam uh christmas porter summer ale liberty if you can get it you know find it and then you'll have seen seeing more and more so uh we actually have two anchors coming on the show um in the near future this is one this is their spring saison and then we have their lemon lager coming as well 7.2% 7.2% alcohol by volume. The malts are two-row barley malt, red wheat malt, and Belgian toasted wheat malt. Hopped with Chinook, Nelson, Savine, and in terms of adjuncts, lemongrass, lemon peel, and ginger. It was bottled on 5DP, so get your decoder ring out. <laughs> no other markings on it. You can definitely smell that lemongrass. Absolutely. Very clear. It's a rich golden color, a bronze even. I can. It's so clear I can see the fingerprints I left on the other side of the glass. Normally when I'm talking about fingerprints, I'm talking about my actual skin fingerprints. Mm-hmm. But I can see that CSI would have a field day with my glass all of a sudden. <laughs> so you shouldn't run out and do any murders tonight. Not <laughs> and leave that glass. glass. Not with this glass. Yeah, yes. leave that glass in. Uh, or robberies, right? Why does it have to go to murder all the time? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go go big or go home, right? <laughs> yeah, the lemongrass is, is really big there. There's, um, <sighs> Let's, I'm going to try to break down the components of the lemongrass a little bit because when I, I first smell it, it smells kind of, um, there's an herbal component that has a little bit spicy. There's something that's kind of lemon zesty in there as well but i think you did say there was lemon zest in the in the beer right or does that make yes lemon peel lemon peel yeah so i think the volatiles from the lemon peel are also a very big part of the aroma it's not just the lemongrass i think they're combining Mm, that's a good point yeah yeah but the phenolics the lemongrass or maybe the, the yeast they're using there's something pretty peppery almost like a white pepper coming off the nose well it is ginger in there so i could do it too but I expect that some of that mm-hmm. is from the yeast. Yeah, it doesn't quite snap into place for ginger for me, but let's get on to the flavor and see. 
it should in the in the flavor. Oh yeah, it has a, a pretty full body, fills your mouth. The maltiness is kind of um, um, how do I put it? Almost like a dinner roll or something like that. Hmm. You know, so there's a bit of a rustic, like cracked, like a yeah, Italian dinner roll or right, something like right. that. I agree. And then you get right into all the spices that they added to this thing. The the ginger. The lemongrass, I think, comes in mostly for me. It's pretty late in the flavor where it's kind of giving you a little bit of... Yeah. Um, it's more of an aroma thing. Than, than, thing, than flavor. But yeah, it kind of modulates the flavor at the end. I, right, I think you're absolutely right. The ginger plays with that peppery flavor really nice, right? Because it doesn't just taste like a ginger bomb. It peppery flavor really tones it down mm -hmm. and it's reminding me of white pepper yeah ginger is one of those things that it can get really powerful if you're not careful mm -hmm. a lot of ginger a little bit goes a long way yeah i think this one has a decent balance to it it's definitely not overwhelming it's potent it's there but it's not overwhelming it's got a heavy carbonation to it um which makes, with the spices, it gives a nice sort of prickly mm -hmm. sensation. Yeah. I like it. I like how full it feels. Yeah, the the, the lemon peel, I think, is probably contributing more volatile oils to the aroma than to the flavor. I'm not really picking anything distinct out in the flavor. Well, I mean, lemon peel is different than lemon mm -hmm. juice. Right. So. Let's see if I can get some. But, uh, you know, there's nothing too pithy, you mm -hmm. know. Maybe there's a little bit of, like, maybe a little bit of the texture is kind of like, you know, what you get from the volatile oils in, like, a, a lemon or orange or something like that. Pretty good. As you drink it, the ginger, you get accustomed to the ginger, the maltiness comes out more. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it still has that like like a thick crust Italian type flavor to it. It, it has a nice malt um, profile to it, and it's probably a little bit deeper maltier than you may expect. More than I expected for a saison. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying it's off style or anything, but it's definitely on the more malty. Well, I mean, side. it's certainly off style. Would you throw an edge on well, like this? So yeah, it's... but it's certainly on the more malty side mm -hmm. of, of that, and it actually. Once you get halfway through the glass and you're used to the ginger, it plays a new, whole new role, and it's pretty nice. Do you like drinking America? I love America. That's what they should have called it. They should have called it America. America. M-E-R-U-C-A. America. America. M-U-R. Oh, you know what? M-U-R. Clock's ticking. Someone's brewing America mm. right now. Someone, some craft brewer. Budweiser wants to be simply known as America this summer. They are going to change their label. So well, as far as I know, it was just the label approval part, right? I mean, this could easily be a marketing campaign that made it past phase one, and they wanted to secure the marketing label okay. approval. So unless your story you're reading has more info, someone saw the, you know, the TTDB approvals, and it came across that. Not necessarily in Hazard Bush saying they're going to call their beer America. Okay, so another, other options are E Pluribus Unum from many one. Uh, 
from the redwood forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Public domain. Woody Guthrie is in, is in the public domain, right? And indivisible since 1776. Uh, well. <laughs> through lots of machinations. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing some craft brewers brewing America. Getting, getting that <laughs> label approval right now. And, um, yeah, who knows? It, it might be something we see this summer. They always do a 4th of July Independence Day, Independence Day labeling. So this might be what we see this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's always interesting to see what Budweiser is doing because it's, it's a chance to look at what a huge corporation with a lot of money is going to throw. Well, into. I've been watching the hockey playoffs, so I've seen for commercials for the mm. first time in a long time, right? And Bud Light, same great taste, new look. <laughs> Wait, like they actually, you know, so they're actually saying it's the same beer, but hey, new look, bias. Well, I think what they're trying to do is trying to make you know that that's Bud Light. So you're aware. Right. But for, tr- for the Bud Light drinker, they're like, because they, they know what Bud Light looks like. So they want to they say, it's got a new look. Don't worry about it. It's still right. Bud Light. But they're also wanting to say to the other people, hey, Bud Light, look at this new thing. Look at this new Bud Light. Right? So <laughs> I, don't think saying, that, I don't think that's, that, that's the majority of what, of what their no, thing is why for. Why else would you change the label? Well, no. Yes. Right. The, 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 the changing of the label is to attract new people. But... The commercial is not to attract people by saying we have a new label. That those no one's going to be interested in trying the beer because they have a new like like nobody's going to be here see the commercial no, and no, say label, I have to look. try that I have to try that beer because it has a new look. New look. Well, see, it's not new label. It's new look because it's about the lifestyle. It's about the you know <laughs> you will have you will look better because it has a new look. You won't be doesn't oh. doesn't look like you're holding a can that's from fifteen years ago. Looks like a brand new key. Oh well, in that case, I will switch my beer. But I love in the same sentence they're saying, "Don't worry, it's still Bud Light, but it's a new look." Buy it. <laughs> same sentence. All right. Mm. Next, I think we should go to the Smash. Brand. It's the number one beer in the country, right? World, as far as or not, yeah, country in the country. Bud Light yeah. is number one beer, so they do have to make sure people know. This genius look, I guess. Can't find the Bud Light. All right, so I picked. So the last beer I picked up a D six packs and dogs, and this one I did as well. Or, yeah, I picked this one up there as well. This is the Smash Project. It's from uh, Long Trail, and I don't think I realized it was Long Trail when I grabbed it, but that's that's fine. This is a single malt pilsner and a single hop galaxy. So they use pils malt and galaxy hops. I love my some Galaxy Hops. 6.8% alcohol by volume, 40 IBUs. Wow, that smells like passion fruit candy. The single malt they use is Pilsner Malt. And like Jeff said, the single hop they use, Galaxy Hops. Well, that's promising. You open the can and the room starts smelling like passion fruit candy. Beer is quite cloudy. There's some yeast sediment floating in the bottom of the glass. Yeah, we mentioned this all the time. We talk about these glasses that we use. But one thing that I'd like to say is it's hard to put into, into words how poor a glass the shaker pint is for beer. It's, I mean, it was only sort of made into a beer because it was the glass people had around when they were mm-hmm. just making cocktails out of it. Right. And they just... They're durable. Beer. They're yeah. very durable They're very glasses. durable. 
But if you really want to enjoy your beer, look into, I mean, I definitely we recommend these Spielgau glasses, but looking at, at least looking at some other glassware. Yeah, I mean, just about anything's better. If you're, if we can convince Use wine you, glasses, it's, it's going to be better. If we can convince you to splurge for $10 a glass and just get one or two of them, then yeah, the Spielgau beer snifter is the glass you should spend that $10 on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, down with these shaker pints. They're good for water, not much else. Actually, you know what? We were drinking, for a while, we were drinking the water from the Spiegel lager glasses. I actually enjoyed yeah. that better than the shaker pints. So I think you can even have better water glasses. It's it definitely, yeah, I think it's possible. I'm not going to go on a big tirade about water glasses. But, you know, when I was doing it, I don't know, maybe it's just the balance of the glass or something. But I enjoyed those better for our water glasses. All right, yeah, so this thing actually took a little bit to develop. When I first sniffed it, there was a little bit more sulfury. It was actually kind of close to durian, I think. And then now I'm smelling it, and now it's back to that passion fruit, right? It's a lot more um, floral and fruity. It's a bit of uh, some pineapple notes in there. There's... So like Jess said, it's a little cloudy. It's got a sort of a straw color. Definitely passion fruit. A it little bit of so dankness, which, which Jeff was talking about. It smells so good. Yeah. Really, the, the, the fruitiness is really sweet. It's almost like a passion fruit candy. Mm-hmm. There's this rose thing that comes through at the very end there. Did you get that? Like a really um, aromatic rose. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of galaxy. This is... And then there's something a little herbal or veg- vegetational at the end, right? It almost made me think of like rose stems a little bit, but it's probably more, you know, just hot material. I mean, it has a little bit of a vegetal vegetation type character at the very end. I don't know if I've ever had Galaxy in this sort of concentrated mm-hmm. version. And it's it's not as... It, it, it changes the hop a little bit. It's not <laughs> my... It doesn't become my favorite hop anymore in right. this... Yeah, wait till you have another sip or two because it gets more potent, right? You're you're getting this like bittery passion fruit juice, but there, you're also getting this something that's like this rose floral like spice that keeps coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we would have noticed that. Rose no, floral that is spice interesting. Without the the potency. No, because that that kind of that really does change the complexion, right? I mean, you you get this. Uh, very big passion fruit that almost has, like you said, a little bit of like onion to it, mm-hmm. and then it goes into this weird like spin out where there's well, flower it, stuff. It does feel like it's like kind of like spinning too, doesn't yeah. it? Like it, it almost like it's hitting you in a, a procession. Bitter. This beer is pretty bitter. Yes. It starts laying on your tongue. Pilsner malt is uh, definitely playing back up to the hops. It's just a nice clean beer. The Pilsner's, what I can taste through the hops, it's pretty clean, right? You're not getting some of those more spicy Pilsner notes that, you know, they're not readily apparent. It is, I mean, it expresses how much different Galaxy is from, say, Amarillo. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very, very different flavor. I wonder what the hop cones are like. I wonder what they smell like. Yeah, I don't I have no idea. 
the more I drink it, I'm getting something that's almost like a passion fruit grapefruit juice, right? Because like you're getting this kind of like citrus acidity yeah. there as well, and that's going into the bitterness. So Smash Project, they, they brew a single malt and a single hop together to showcase both of them. So it's a cool idea. I mean, I, I always like it when uh, brewers go experimental. They do stuff like that. Yeah. I've had some that have, you know, actually recently I've had a couple single hop beers that really weren't that notable, like in showcasing like mm-hmm. a characteristic. You know, they almost, and, you know, like, like this, you can definitely tell what like, double strength the galaxy can mm-hmm. be and then you can even scale back from that too like you were saying you probably like the galaxy it's probably your favorite hop when it's not right oniony yeah but you would have never noticed well now we can look for the rose right having a regular that's strength true. galaxy so that's kind of cool unless that is they don't talk about the yeast they're putting in there mm. and that could be you would think they wouldn't this would be more of a neutral yeast it shouldn't be a big belgian estery thing you would think I mean, especially since the whole idea is showcasing. Right, right. It, it actually says showcase right here. So, you know, throwing a Belgian yeast in there wouldn't make sense. Mm. So you may, if you didn't listen to the pre-show, you might have noticed that we didn't put up a show last week. And uh, that's because uh, we took a week off. I went to Philadelphia for the um, the end of the Craft Brewers Conference, met up with uh, John Rubio from the John and Anastasia from the Beerists and uh, Greg McGill, listen long time listener of the show from New Zealand. He was in town judging for the World Beer Cup. Been a guest on the show at least once before, and, and of course whenever we do. The, the, yeah, he's always calls in for New Year's and and our live things. Um, so it was really cool. Had a good time out there in Philly. Uh, one of the uh, the best Pennsylvania beers I had. I just got to mention them as Pizza Boy Brewing. Had them on the way back. They're outside of Harrisburg. And they are making some fantastic stuff. So if you're in the area of Harrisburg, make sure you check out Pizza Boy. Pizza Boy. Smash Project. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah it, like This is a worthy single pop showcase beer. Yes. Where, like I said, recently I've had some, I'm not going to name names, but I was a little underwhelmed that they really felt like they weren't really showcasing anything for me. Mm. Make sure we rinse this glass out. We don't want super potent galaxy juice messing up the next beer's evaluation. It really is interesting what that does when it gets thick, right? I mean, they should call it galaxy juice. I mean... (laughs) It really is. All right. What's next? Something hoppy. Let's do the uh, watermelon Dorado. Uh, let's do the... You said something hoppy, right? Let's do the Waldos. Okay. Now they know what's coming next. <laughs> All right. Because uh, they... In terms of their... Uh, <laughs> The qualities they put here: herbaceous, botanical, dank, resinous. Yeah, uh, from I did a little bit of googling before I picked this one up, and it seemed like it was just out, highly interested in, and uber hoppy. So I figured, let's grab a let's let's slay some whales, bro. So Lagunitas, the Waldo Special Ale, eleven point five. 
alcohol percent alcohol by volume, so it's really high. Uh, hundred plus ABU, IBU rather. Um, available for twenty. It's part of their one hitter series. Lots of lots of weed uh, references. <laughs> you think? Uh, Lagunitas is famous for that, and introduced in twenty eleven. All right, so you know around their label, they tell a little story. You know, and it's not quite as um, heady as, as what Stone likes to do. So, in 1971, the Waldos met one afternoon at 419. Oh, what's this going to be about? As to not be late, and set out in a 66 Impella armed with, turn the corner, a treasure map on a journey to find the spot near Point Reyes. Oh, there, there, it, it's, it's elongated here. Oh. There's more to it here. They never found the spot, but kept looking. The dankest and hoppiest beer ever brewed at Lagunitas was made with the help of the Waldos for the Waldos for all treasure hunters. So Tony, back in '71, went up to Point Reyes to try to find some weed field, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and couldn't find the weed field, so he brewed Waldos. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> That's hoppy. Yeah, yeah. Definitely smells like Colorado. <laughs> Which is what they're going for. Although there's it, a little bit of orange too. Yeah, I mean for me, I mean especially when we went into the dispenser here, the, yeah, the store, right? right? Where like it was so potent, I was like feeling faint. You know. It was it was potent for me too. I was like, wow, this is <laughs> that was the only store that ever that had that too. Okay. The first one we went into was just as like there was a growing room right there, and it was, and I'm sitting in there. I'm like, I'm starting to feel a little bit woozy just sitting in this room. I'm gonna go stand outside, but I'm not like this. Isn't like yeah. anywhere near that. Yeah, right. And this has some more citrusy type notes to it. I think. I mean, Simcoe seems to be a big part of this. I'm getting something that's a little bit dank, sulfury. It's not quite onion. It's staying away from onion, from especially in the aroma. It's definitely a lot of hops, though. <laughs> if you're worried about uh, this isn't going to be hoppy enough for you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should be a worry. So since you're, you have a better... Uh... Dank vocabulary. Do you got anything to add? Green onion. Yeah, for me, it's not quite green onion. It's... I guess green onion in a weed context, maybe? Bitter melon. Bitter me- Oh, that's good. Yeah, there's a bit of like green cantaloupe rind mm-hmm. or something in there, right? I like how they call it treasure hunting, trying to steal some guy's weed out of out of the forest. You have another sip of that. Has a has a, a nice juicy front, um, pretty citrusy. It does have a pretty bitter finish to it. I mean, I'm gonna have to take another sip because those are way too vague for me. The alcohol is apparent at eleven point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thickness of the beer comes through. Um, 
Yeah, there's a couple things. I think the alcohol like opens up and lets the hops like sink in. Yeah. And you're getting some some candy top flavor for sure, right? With all the maltiness and the booziness, you know, it's it definitely coming across kind of like, you know, imagine candy gym ginger, but you know, hop version, right. right? You get some of that. The I would say blood orange is is something the kind of the citrusy part up mm-hmm. front. Mm-hmm. I was I was actually you know thinking that this was could be much danker, much more. I think they want to stay away from sulfury, right? And yeah. I'm not sure I have the vocabulary of like what what weed like flavors. You know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not well right. I'm not well traveled, mm-hmm. but you know, it seems like from my comparison of like dank hoppy beers, they always tend to get really close to onion and mm-hmm. sulfur and things like that. This isn't really getting there, right? Right. And so it's not as stereotypically dank, which is good. Well, right, right. That's what I'm saying. My first impression was, oh, this isn't that dank. But now that I've had time to reflect on it, I'm saying this isn't as stereotypically dank. And now I'm yeah. trying to say, is it more authentically dank? Or I'm trying to figure that out, right? Well, or is it just a beer? The in 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 some ways, the galaxy had more onion character than this does, even though that was, mm-hmm. you know, less uh, less hopping going on. So, it's, I mean, it's pretty clear, well, if they weren't planning on it, then they fell into it accidentally, not getting any in here. Right. But cause I do think there's Simcoe in here, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the the mid to late taste yeah. is like a lot of Simcoe. It really fits the profile. This beer will get your attention. It, it It's well hopped. It definitely gives you a story there, and I'm trying to ride the story. And it's nice. It doesn't, like, I think it probably is lacking the things Greg hates about Simcoe. It doesn't get too oniony. Yeah. It doesn't get too sulfury. So, you know, it's a, if you have a friend, like, you know, you think Greg has, gets a hang up on some of the Simcoe beers. This one fits in there and it, it stays away from that while it's still significantly hoppy. And it's probably portraying some of the best parts of Simcoe. Okay, so now I'm getting pineapple, getting a little bit of pine tips, pine tree tips, you know, um. What else is in there? Is it a Chinook, maybe? I think there yeah, might be some. There might be some. Like, I'm just getting a little bit of, of spruce tips or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, like not resiny, not grainy or thick or barky, but just like fresh fresh like pine tips or spruce tips. I'm getting a little bit of that on the flavor. So it might not be a Chinook. It might be, maybe, well, I don't really it's, want a Chinook. It's kind of, sort of I, I think of as really dank and resiny. Yeah. So. That's another thing, this beer. This beer is not urinal at all right? right it doesn't get into the biological uh realm it, it it's avoiding common pitfalls of beers Absolutely. that are this hoppy it's doing a real i mean that's i'm kind of getting more excited because i'm realizing what is normally in beers like this that this beer doesn't have that's true that's a good point this is not going the tropical route but it's still avoiding the pitfalls of the traditional mm-hmm. um west coast hopping Right. So yeah, that's that that's a really good point, and that's something that uh, should we should definitely point out. I think out we and, just did, but I mean, we <laughs> should we should make it clear that that's a major major point in its favor. The <laughs> you can feel the alcohol on this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you are interested in getting crunk, 
Uh, and tasting it. Oh, they have a nice little it. slogan here on the label. Life, I, I, I don't remember seeing this one before, but it's probably been on other Loganese labels. Life is uncertain. Don't sip. <laughs> uh, I hope I'm never in a situation where I'm not sure I'm going to get to finish a beer before I perish. <laughs> that that vaguely reminds me of when I, when I got in here today and your kids immediately wanted me to eat uh, the gross jelly beans, the bean boozled from yeah. Jelly Belly. Yes, and I tried a few, and then I, I spit a few out. One was the barf, and the other one was the canned dog food, which was just oh my god! And there was only one canned dog food in the entire box, so I can't enjoy your pleasure. Believe me, there's several barfs. So I'll get to try a barf. Uh, the grass clippings was surprisingly bad. It was a special kind of awful grass clipping. <laughs> the rotten eggs was no fun. And I was mentioning how I don't remember like gross food being a thing when we were kids. If you're not familiar, Jelly Belly bakes these line of bean boozles. The thing is, they look exactly like legit jelly bellies. So you could be a real jerk and dump these into a bowl of jelly beans. And it's like, oh, this one's one of those popcorn ones. But no, no, no. This is rotten eggs. This looks like chocolate pudding. No, this is canned dog food. So you could have some fun with that. (sighs) And it is legit, legit awful flavor. It's like just nasty. How was the toothpaste? Like without... That was okay. That was, I mean, it tastes like it has the sharpness of toothpaste, so that, that came through. Uh, but it was, it was fine. That you, you can swallow that because you're used to tasting right. that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they say a parrot. This is good with beer battered Twinkies con queso. Beer battered Twinkies con queso. Yes. Beer battered Twinkies. They forget a comma or no? Beer battered Twinkies, I assume, fried with cheese. <laughs> okay. You can find out why if you Google Waldo four twenty. <laughs> Should we? Uh, I think people at home can do that. Yeah, we can learn later. Google Waldo four twenty, everybody. Well, I, I guess I can see the beer battering and the cheese going together, and then the Twinkies kind of ancillary, right? Well, I mean. The Twinkie's going to be very sweet inside all that cheese. So you're going to have a, uh, especially if it's, if it's, I mean, traditionally sort of a processed cheese on yeah. top of a beer battered yeah. Twinkie, which is then just sweet and has a cream inside. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I did have some really good beer battered pickles, pickles on Friday. Had a really thick batter. It was... mm. I think we're going to take a, yeah. Hot break, so we're okay. going to go to this um, long shot winner here. All right. So Sam Adams has the American Homebrew Contest and Long Shot. They announced the winners at GABF. Uh, this year, the winners were a Belgian Golden Ale. We had that in the pre-show. It was nice. It had a, a lot of body. Yeah, uh, let's, let's get the names. Let's give them some props. All right, so Kevin Nanzer is the, is the Nanzer's Belgian Golden Ale. We also have a Raspberry Berliner Weiss that's in the fridge. And this one, uh, I figure we'll, we'll do one on the show. This is the Neighborino Flanders Red Ale from Colin Foy. 
And Colin is the um, the employee winner, I believe. Yes, he's the employee winner. Mm. He has the work shirt on there, so in the logo. So this was brewed the traditional way with younger beer blended with mature beer that has been aged in wood for several months, while Brett and Lecto labor. Brett and I, he's an Lecto bacillus. Labor to produce fruity, tart, and acidic flavors. This is best drank by September. It is in a clean bottle. There's yeah, no this, sediment this at the bottom. Is, uh, yeah, it's not. It's probably not a live beer anymore. Right. Super clear. Very very clear. It's kind of a brown. It, it's. It's dark brown, but it or medium brown, but it almost has a ruby highlight to it. Yeah, smells like a Flanders. It's got that lacto sourness. Mm-hmm. It, it with you a know, bit of sort of a Brett kick. Yeah, you're getting some of that um, cherry tobacco. Uh, it's not super tart on the nose, right? It's it's more refined than like a, a Rodenbach or something mm. like that. You know, it's more scaled. I should say scaled back than a Rodenbach. I don't know. It smells like Rodenbach to me. I haven't had okay. Rodenbach in a while. Okay, um, but I mean, you get the malt character, right? You're getting that multi. You're getting um, brown bread or maybe some raisin bread. You're getting yeah. the almost like like a glazed donut. <laughs> okay. A little bit of wild cherry. There's definitely a kind of a cherry flavor coming off of there. Nice tartness there. Actually, the malt tastes a little more German, right? It tastes like a kind of Vienna or something like that. It does taste, yeah, a little, a little darker, a little bit more caramel influence than you might expect. I was going more for, instead of caramel, it's more of like the, the white bread crust type flavor. You know, it's... Let's see. Where that's not something I necessarily expect in a Flanders red. I expect something that's a little more malty, a little more uh, a little more biscuity or, or muffiny, where this one kind of has that kind of German type heritage to the, the malt flavor. I'm standing by my caramel, especially in the aftertaste. I think it comes through. We'll have to agree to disagree. I guess so. Has a nice tang to it. It's not overly puckering. Mm-hmm. If you're a crazy, you know, sour puss, then you know you might find this one a little bit light. You like, like are you a crazy sour puss? <laughs> I thought you were going to enjoy that one. But... I, I did. Okay. Just because I used it, I, I thought that was. <laughs> Uh, sour, isn't that a character? Isn't there a character called Sourpuss or something that's like that? Yeah, yeah, probably. I just never used Sourpuss before. I'm like, hey, that's good. I'm going to use that. And then you gave the little mocking... That's the way Sourpuss sounds. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I think that I think that's what Sourpuss sounds like. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to call Sourhead Sourpusses from here on out. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a good amount of sour. It it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. they're hiding the sour. It's not cosmic motherfucking grand crew, right? 
but they're not. It doesn't feel like they're like saying like, "Well, that's too sour to put out in the Wong Shao competition." It's 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 there. It, mm-hmm. It's reasonable. It's fine, and um, has a nice balance to it. You know, the more I take the sip, I don't notice that that white bread crust part anymore. It seems a little more. It fits into the malt character that I would expect. It was just kind of a sip or two. Maybe it was coming off the Waldos. Maybe it was a transition thing. Possibly. Yeah, this is this is a pretty good Flanders, and Flanders aren't particularly available they're not there's not a whole bunch of flanders out there on the market yeah so the long shot six pack or 12 pack you get a flanders you get this belgian golden ale and you get a raspberry berliner so pretty pretty good six pack this time mm-hmm. i mean it's, yeah it's, it's not a, like event sometimes where we're just like here's an ipa and here's a, a pilsner and here's I mean, they did it, you know, I mean, it's yeah. the last bunch of years, you know, they've, it's been a long time since I felt that they've chosen safe beers. Right. I, I think that they put out good beers in the long shot. So what are the Flanders out there? There's Monks and, you know, not many that I can think of, really. Rodenbach, of course. But... Buffalies, kind of, sort of. It's not It's not in the style, but that's yeah. mostly because... Peter is... Peter yeah. <laughs> doesn't like styles. Um, I mean, you can get some other ones. You just gotta go to, go to a good Belgian beer bar. Imports. Uh, do you want to talk about this article? Overheard nonsensical statements about beer? Oh, my God. God, that article. I couldn't figure out the audience for the article. I think it was Sure, if you want. We can we can talk about this. Yeah. So uh this was on beer simple, beer dash simple.com. It's basically a thrill list article. Right. It's talking about the things that, that he doesn't he doesn't like to hear for various reasons. So he starts with I like ales better than stouts. He starts picking on people who like good beer but don't know how to talk about it. Yeah, and that's I think not it, cool. Well, no, I, I think that I think the point of view is sort of like let's let's refine your 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 view a bit. Let, let's see if uh, I mean I I think some of it is not correct and some of it is correct. Okay, uh, so how you know to what level? So I like ales better than stouts is of course nonsensical because stouts are ales. Right, but you can also understand what the intention of the statement was, mm-hmm. and it's up. To, you can decide whether you want to educate the person or right. not. But I mean, the the ma- one of the major issues that I that I have is that when people think of lagers, they think of just Budweiser. That they think that's what a lager is, uh-huh. and all the stuff, a whole bunch of all craft beers, craft beers that are lagers, they don't know are lagers. Or out of the question. Sure. Okay. And so it's like, no, I mean, some of the stuff you love, like I was telling my parents, that Schwartz beer you love, that's a lager. Uh, Dunkel, uh, Weizen, uh, kind of, well, you'd say, uh, Hefeweizen is a sort of, sort of lager, depending on how you want to define them. But, uh, Dunkel is definitely a lager, and things like Doppelbox, mm-hmm. Box, those are lagers. Yeah, I mean, what Greg's talking about, I think, with the Dunkel Weiss and what this cold conditioned ales right they're fermented the yeast operate at the ale temperatures right 60 degrees Mm -hmm. 68 degrees then once the primary fermentation is done they're aged at a cellar temperature 
Which is so, called lagering. It's called lagering. Right. But it's again it, it's a bit of, it's 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 a misnomer to if you tell tell someone that beer has been lagered. Mm-hmm. It it it's kind of misleading to me. Well, I like the idea that it, that it presents that there's sort of a there's not a clean break between lagers and ales. I mean, there's definitely a yeast difference, but there's also way right. how you condition the beer just gives right. you a sort of well. I mean, okay, but you could just as easily find a good way to inform someone that a lager is not a style. Right. It's more of a manufacturing process. Yeah, I think people are so used to. I know, I know what you're yeah, saying, yeah. right? And we're going to get to this later on the in the list, but you don't want to come across as an ale hole, right? You know, the which I, I, beer snob, but mm-hmm. you know, now now we're called ale holes, I guess. Um Okay, here's one that I But I mean, I think that's I I, I just I want to yeah, just I want to loop around because I think it's a kind of a good insight that for me especially is that if someone thinks that lager is a style, let's come up with a good way to inform without being an alehole that it's more of a process and the styles or are inside of those, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And that there are hybrid styles. Mm-hmm. So, and that makes sense because if the lagering or the ale production are processes, then it makes sense how there can be a style like a Kolsch, which is a hybrid style. Mm-hmm. Or a California comment. Right. So the second one is one that I totally disagree with. Which he finds is someone's asking, is that beer hoppy? And he's complaining, the the writer of this article is complaining because all beer is hoppy. All beer has hops in it. No. Dude, that's a dumb it's dumb. Hoppy. They're not asking, does the beer contain hops? They're saying, is the beer apparently hoppy? Right. Well, I guess looking at this closer, that's what he says. Then why is he complaining about it? I think he's complaining about how uh, some people... So some people... So everyone needs to say, is this beer apparently hoppy? Or should they say, is this a third generation IPA where the hops are less apparently bitter okay, well, than let, the second look, generation let me read this. So Look, folks, all beer is hoppy. If it isn't, no. it isn't beer. It's Gruet. But you know what you shouldn't do? Go all beer professory and teach them on beer versus screw it. Instead, try to figure out what they're asking. What the? F- I thought he was only double talking in the article. He's double talking in the same paragraph. Ugh. No, he's saying you. See, he's saying, look, I understand. All beer is hoppy. I understand. No, all beer is not hoppy. But because I, hoppy doesn't mean contains hops, it means it has a noticeable hop profile. That's what he's saying. That's exactly what but he's saying. But not all beer is hoppy. Right, right. That's exactly what he's saying. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. Yes. Did you read it? I heard what you just said. <laughs> you said all beer is, contains hops. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's acknowledging that, but he's saying that's besides the point. Yes, all beer contains hops, and you could use that's that, not but question. that's not the question. That's not what the, these people are asking. Oh, this article's horrible. It's even worse than I thought it was. Uh, I really like insert brewery name here. So he's, okay, this is different than I thought it was. He's talking about like 
big regional breweries, Victory and Sierra Nevada. What he's talking about really is, if you get this question, there's a beer snob way to answer it, and there's a better way to answer it. And he's talking about what's the better way to answer it. Okay. So it's less interesting than I thought. Uh, it's <laughs> He just needs words for his article. Yeah. Let's get to good stuff. I'm getting bored. Okay, yeah, it was not as not as fun when when he's when I understand that the I feel the is, listeners' yeah. interest waning quickly. So after he starts stops picking on the the beer enthusiasts who don't know enough vocabulary to sound like beer nerds, he starts picking on the beer nerds. Right in the article. Well, he wants to he wants to find a. Um, a medium spot. No, he, he's not true. bashing the left and then bashing the right is not landing in the middle. Oh, it's it's. I don't know. Does South Park land in the middle? I don't know. There, it's well, South Park's genius. Maybe it, that's not a... It's classic thrillist bullshit. Okay, I agree. Do I do a commercial now? <laughs> yeah, sure. Amazon. Don't go to Amazon.com. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon for all your Amazon needs. All right. Okay, that's all I felt today. <laughs> it really does help out the show. Yeah, too far. Sorry. Too far. I got too much crap on the bar today. All right, last beer. So, I told this on the air before. One of my friends tweeted, "Does Ballast Point still make beers, or just root flavored the beer versions of the beers they used to make?" <laughs> uh, they they've latched onto a trend. That much is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we are drinking watermelon Dorado. Dorado was a double India pale ale. Big onion, as I remember. And watermelon Dorado is a double India pale ale with natural flavors added. 10% alcohol by volume. That's all I got. Oh, there's some fish. Oh, weird. (laughs) That's interesting. Look at the fish on the label. One has a giant forehead, the other one doesn't. I wonder if the male and the female look different. Yeah, there could be some sexual dimorphism there. Oh, fucking watermelon. <laughs> it smells like a Jolly Rancher, doesn't it? It does, yes. The the most... The, the biggest other popular watermelon beer is uh, from 21st Amendment, right? Mm-hmm. The Hell or High Watermelon Wheat. And... You know what? It's been too long since I've had it, so I'm not going to make any comments on it. I was trying to figure out... I was going to say it doesn't have the Jolly Rancher, but then I'm like, wait, does it? Doesn't it? I don't remember. So I'm not going to make any statements. This is a strange aroma because it has that big oniony thing that I noticed last time when I had Dorado. So th- this is double IPA, but the watermelon's dominating everything. I don't well, smell hops. I start to smell the onion and then I smell like the, the watermelon taken over. And then completely dominate. Okay, I get you. Right at the front, right, right when it's the mm-hmm. aroma starts to fill your nasal cavity. Yeah, you're like, it's a little bit oniony, and then it turns into watermelon. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, okay, there's a little uh, candy, candy, candy. It's very... It's front row to Gallagher. Yeah, it's not show. subtle. Wear your poncho. <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck is that? Oh my god. It tastes Do you like-, like your watermelon with onions? It had so longtime listeners will know that we used to like have this minefield paradigm of fruit beers, right? Because they always tasted like medicine. This one's, I don't know. It tastes fresh for a moment, then it tastes like concentrate for a moment, and then it tastes like fresh for a moment. But it, it's pulling back to concentrate. It tastes like watermelon cough syrup. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it really gets kind of... Oh, this is not good. Weirdly bitter and... and what the hell? Why would you make this? Gross. It, it almost gets jelly belly gross at the end. <laughs> Just because you sell your brewery for a fucking billion dollars <laughs> doesn't mean you can make this bullshit. What the hell? This is pretty awful. So, speaking of awful... When I was in Philly, I had Mango Magnifico from Founders, mm-hmm. another brewery that's sold out and makes everything fruit. It's just as awful as this. You may have seen my tweet. Um, very succinct and very short. And just use the bad word that I just used a moment ago. I'm kind of amazed by how spectacularly bad this is. So here's my mango magnifico. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't understand that you were saying this is horrible. Oh well, I thought you were just I, like I left it. I left it up for yeah, interpretation, right. but awful. And this is this is new. This is next level awful. This is <laughs> this is really an interesting kind of awful to me. This is this is just. Taking a bad idea and turning it into shitting out a beer. Yeah. This is like the circus peanut beer from. from we haven't Beaver tasted Brewing. that, so we can't. No, we haven't tasted it. Yeah, we know this sucks. That is uniquely awful. <laughs> Why would you take a double IPA and ruin it like that? I don't know, but I, it, it must. You figure it must be selling if they are putting it out? And what the Bellas price Bellas point price point. Yeah, it, yeah, they sell a couple, you know, they're like, you know, like 30% higher than everyone else in the market, you know. Right. So their price point, it's uh, Oh my god, I'm so mad at you Bellas point. What the hell? You give us habanero sculpin and then you give us this. You take it away. You yeah. Give us this bullshit. <laughs> Thou giveth and thou taketh away. Shoof. This is god awful. I picked this up because I thought it would be interesting mm-hmm. to cover. Oh, I, it's interesting to cover. <laughs> well, it did live up. Did I expect it to be this kind of nonsense? No. And when was the last time we had a beer like this bad? Uh, on the show, yeah, it has been a long time. 
and I think that shows. I, I want to make it apparent that I this mean, is fucking bullshit. It's been a long. Even beers that have been ruined haven't been as bad as this, right? Even beers that have like yeah. gone and there's an issue we spilt them out. Yeah, there's ones not we've been... not ranked because it wasn't necessarily the brewer's intention. This is the fucking brewer's intention. Yeah, this is this is clearly what they wanted, and <laughs> it is really terrible. Like, just a. Just a hard like it, the weirdest thing is it's not a piece of shit. It's like this meticulously put together horribleness. Oh, te- technically, it's yeah. technically it's built. It's a it's a designed beer. Yeah, it's not a mistake, and it's a fucking stupid it's idea. It's just awful. It is just terrible. I don't know where the, the, there's not anything I can latch on to that that. I would find good about this. The watermelon wipes out the great IP. The, the wipes out the Dorado. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wish I had a Clamato here, but like Clamato to compare with it because I want to know who wins. Right. Well, like I said, I had I had one in I was in Tucson. You had like a real like, like a legit real, yeah, Clamato. Yeah. Not not prepackaged canned, but like Clamato. right. Yeah, that's true. I haven't tried one of those. I imagine a prepackaged. Oh my god. A Bloody Mary, you would pretty much taste the same. Ballast Point. What are you doing? Chasing the trends. I guess. I mean, I understand brewing something like this. I don't understand putting it out. Right? If you taste this and you're like, oh, God, no. We lost everything that's good about Toronto. Everything people liked about it. I didn't like Toronto, but everything people did like about Toronto. And put a... This Jolly Rancher tastes in it, and and the watermelon doesn't even taste legit. It, it's yeah. bordering on cough syrup. It's it's definitely medicine-y. I I don't know. I don't know what the point is. Fruited beers are the shit. And... I want. I almost picked up a six pack of this one, so I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> you did. Oh God. Could you imagine how mad you'd be if you took a six pack of this home? Yikes! Oh my god! I would say don't buy this. Yeah, this is a craft beer radio consumer report. Yeah. Do not buy the. But well, okay. So there's going to be some people who like watching the train wreck. Right. There's a, I mean, buy but, a single bottle of Dorado watermelon. How are you going to get yourself a single bottle? They don't sell yeah, these. So I got bottles. a single bottle. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I okay. don't have five more of that bullshit. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. So if you can find a single bottle, it may be interesting for you to just be like, tweet just it, like those awful jelly beans. To tweet just about. be like, this is, this, is, this is just as horrible as they said. Or, hey, if you disagree... But you're not gonna. This is terrible. They say natural flavor, so they're implying that it's. You know the um, the uh, ras or strawberry or what flavor the the soda water we get the bear the raspberry flavors that we get at work have natural flavors mm. naturally expressed from a beaver's anus, <laughs> right? Because that's where raspberry flavoring comes from. Okay. Sure. Beaver anuses. Sure. I don't see why that's a problem. So maybe this watermelon comes from like a bear anus or something like that. It's, it, I mean, look, it, flavoring comes from all places you wouldn't expect. 
you know, but you know who who tasted the first beaver anus and said, "Hmm, it tastes like raspberries." I'm guessing that it didn't happen quite like that. I'm guessing it was more like <laughs> someone analyzed the scent produced in a beaver, beaver anus because that makes you know that's interesting in how they get together and then put that on a chart and notice that it kind of matched like up. Yeah. So I'll never eat raspberries again. <laughs> All right, I think we wasted enough of your time. All right, Let's well, we should rank, out of here. shouldn't we? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Gee. I know what's last. A hard luck loser, not at all. No, completely deserving. Worst beer of the year, <laughs> worst beer in five years. That's just god awful. Yeah, worst beer ever. Worst worst beer that was not spoiled ever. It it's up there. If, if if it's not the worst, it is like top five. Yeah, that was bad. Because like I've had Cave Creek Chili Beer. And I oh, know. that was what they wanted to. That that was worse. Yeah, yeah. Cave Creek was worse than than. If you love Cave Creek Chili Beer, go for the watermelon <laughs> it's, Dorado. It's right up your alley. No, it's not. Is the weird thing. It's not. <laughs> Um, Romulan ale, I think. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> the Romulan. Ale. Okay, we need to wrap this up because yeah. I'm out of control. Right. Uh, yeah, Dorado number five, six, six. We didn't drink a beer. Oh shit! We lost the beer. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Okay, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I'm glad we're not done yet. <laughs> this is the first time we didn't drink a beer. I think we're pretty confident in the last place for Ballast Point still, but yikes. <laughs> wow, this one hurt us so much that we're like, oh, we're done. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so we still have the Sierra Nevada... Otravez. We have a bunch of, of uh, Gozes that we... Because yeah. Gozes are the new IPA. Yeah. They're surprisingly available. Considering when they first came around, they were... Well, I mean, three years ago, yeah. it was a style that almost only existed in the textbooks. Right. It was extinct. There was probably a handful of breweries in Leipzig who still made Gozes. And then, you know, some brilliant American brewer said, hey, Gozes, where you add salt to your kettle soured beer, are pretty darn good. And then, you know, at the speed of American brewing, it's almost the second most popular style. It, that didn't happen with Kavas, but it happened with Goza. So, well, it's sour. Yeah. It's easy sour. It is an easy sour. 4.5% alcohol by volume. So I'd call it sessionable. Um, five IBUs. They use an ale yeast. They have a bittering and finishing hop. There's an experimental variety, uh, two row pale and wheat malts, and the uh, and the adjuncts are cactus. I think they use agave. No, they use prickly pear. A prickly pear fruit, which is good. I've had that before. Uh, We've cooked it up on the show. We're adjacent to the show. Yeah, uh, it's true. Cactus, grapefruit, and coriander. All right. Yeah. Oh wow. So you roll on this. When you first sniff it, you get the sour notes. But when you get in a little bit deeper, you get this kind of, 
green vegetable. It's kind of like, so I've had prickly pear, right? So I know what that is, but that's what you're smelling, right? It's that prickly yeah. pear has a little bit of a, an ochre type character to it where it has that sliminess yes. to it. And you can actually smell a little bit of the slime on the aroma here. It's almost weirdly like a, a kind of rubber smell to it. Mm-hmm. I would like worry. I, I would worry that rubber would carry to the listeners a little too abrasive. Well, I mean, we talked about urinal before, it's... but no, I'm saying okay. I mean, if you feel that it's really that rubbery, but just consider how they're going to hear rubber and whether that's accurate. I think it's accurate okay. because of what it's smelling. Okay. I think that's a little bit beyond what I'm smelling. All right, well, I just want to make sure. Let's just see if 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 there's a chance that there's a difference. Mine is more coriander than yours, I think. They do look a little bit different, don't they? I can blend them back and forth. You want? Yeah, let's blend them. Balloon, we... balloon. That's what balloon? it is. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, like a, the powdery latex balloon mm. type, latex type aroma for sure. After we did the pour back and forth, the balloon was really mm-hmm. strong. That that that's not a good thing. Mine smelled better before I smelled like balloon. <laughs> okay, so now that's coming down a little bit, I'm getting yeah. back into a little bit more of that lactic tang. So maltiness kind of has like kind of a wheat type character, a little bit of wheat grassy. The mm. flavor, really nice blend, right? Because while it doesn't taste to me like the prickly pear that we cooked up, it kind of I don't know, kind of like felt like a cactus, you know, and and the grapefruit doesn't really taste like citrus and bitter grapefruit it kind of is just a balancing component right it kind of it kind of brightens it's almost like adding you know salt to a dish right it feels like that it's brightening up the cactus a little bit the acidity is kind of opening up the cactus a little bit so it's almost like adding lemon to the cactus see i think it does taste like the prickly pear we've had i think it it, it's sharpened by the grapefruit that sharpens the acidity of it right uh and addition with the sour that goes in you know, it, bring, it okay. also helps sort of mo- modulate the sour that goes, so it, it works with the grapefruit too. And but yeah, it, it does have that prickly pear coming through. Yeah, I think the grapefruit is used like salt in here. It's used like a spice. It is, or like lemon. Like when you're cooking and you add acid to mm-hmm. your dish, that's what the grapefruit is doing to the cactus. I think it's really. It, it, yeah, it's 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 a culinary use of the grapefruit juice, and it works great. Every time I smell it, I just smell a balloon. I smell this rubber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't smell it. it. Tastes so much better. Yeah, do not smell. I've had this beer a couple times. I've never noticed the balloon. I'm gonna have to look for it. We actually, so this is a can that I picked up. Uh, I have a, actually have a bottle of this in the fridge too, so it's available in both packages. Can I comprehend? 
This one was canned on, I guess, February 23rd. Not that old. I don't smell the balloon right now. I mean, I'm sure if I swirled it back up, I could smell the latex again. I don't want to, right? Because that's not... Yeah. The tanginess, the tartness, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's it's not puckering, but, you know, I'm a sourpuss. Uh, <laughs> I'm a sourpuss. Uh, I like it. I think this is quite drinkable. And yeah. uh, it's great that you can get, like, these complex, rich beers. You know, the price points are down because kettle souring is easier at a brewery mm-hmm. than doing ferment side souring and uh you know yeah it's an easy way to get yourself a sour is to do Mm -hmm. a goza or to do a berliner vice Mm -hmm. i think gozas in generally they can especially if you add something to it the salt also brings out the extra flavoring Mm -hmm. so it can add something to it too I, I think gozes are probably in general. I'm trying to trying to make a generalization here, but they're probably less sour, less lactic than a Berliner. Right. But I think, the, like you said, the salt kind of brings it out, so it it gives it a different character where it's not quite as sharp, but it is as robust. Right. Type thing. All right. So probably in a better position to rank. <laughs> We're not so angry about yeah. Ballast Point. Yeah. Oof. Uh, it still sucks. Ballast Point in sixth place. In fifth place. Now it gets hard, right? It's I mean these were some good beers tonight. I'll put the uh anchor in fifth place. Okay. I'm gonna put the long shot, the Flanders, in fourth place. Uh so the 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 anchor was good beer, right? It, mm-hmm. But I just appreciated a lot of the beers above it better. The long shot, I liked the flavors on that. It had a really authentic Flanders type character to it. it wasn't too sour. It was I think it was less sour than you know less sour and tart than Rodenbach, but it was still there. Now top three are the kind of the. Mendoza line for me. It's 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 where I'm enjoying these beers quite a bit. I'm gonna put the smash in third place. I thought I thought it was a good beer. I really liked how it showed me those rose notes in you know uber saturated galaxy, and I thought that was good. I'm gonna put the Waldo in second place. And when we realized that it was a traditional West Coast double IPA, but it avoided many of the pitfalls that take away from the West Coast IPA, that solidified its place as being a solid beer. And it brought a lot of good stuff. And it, I don't know, to me it wasn't as marijuana-y as like the most marijuana-y beers this Orchavez from Sierra Nevada, the one we almost forgot about, this is really tasty. I really like the combinations of the grapefruit juice, the salt, the, the cactus. And I think they're all focused on kind of accentuating that cactus. 
and the beer is super drinkable even though it has that nose especially when you're really agitated of like latex balloon uh, flavors not doesn't have it and it's really enjoyable okay so my rankings are a little bit different um you gotta put the palace point in first place no palace point is last place and it's going to be like forever last place we should, we should honor it by sort of making it the last place all the time uh number five i'm gonna put this beer in fifth place i just sort of felt like that aroma really put me off okay uh and it's an aspect of the beer we always you know we are careful to to measure and it just smells like a like a, either a balloon or a box of latex gloves or something it's it's just that's what it smells like. It does not smell appetizing at all. And then it's a good beer. I'm changing my mind as I just finished off the beer. I'm like, I took that last sip and I'm like, oh, that was not as satisfying. <laughs> oh, anyway. You want to change your ranking? Actually, I think I do want to move to okay. third. I think I just all want right. to drop it down to third and move the other two up. All right. So number one will be your Lagunitas. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to do that. And number two is the Long Trail. And then number three will be this one, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, I, I took the last sip and I'm like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately second guessing yourself. Okay, so number four, I'm going to put the log trail. I uh, are, you know, I'm a huge Galaxy fan. I'm a nut for Galaxy. And then this kind of came along like, oh, well, here's a bunch of Galaxy together. What do you think? And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm not a huge fan of just a bunch of Galaxy. But I, I, I'm I, a huge fan of trying out things like throwing, like like the Smash Project. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do want to give them props for, for doing this and for putting this out. Uh, I think it's cool. Uh, and it's it's decent enough. I mean, if you put a bunch of Amarillo, I would not like or Simcoe. I would not like it. I've had like I've had some double Simcoe, right? right. Um, no, <laughs> this beer as Amarillo it tastes like smell like a litter box, right? Uh, I mean, Galaxy is it's a little dank for me, but I'm not a huge dank flavor lover. So, um, but you know, it it still works. It's still okay. Number. four uh three i'm gonna put the anchor i i did like the saison a lot it was the first beer so it's, it's not always the easiest to remember but uh I, I liked it a lot i like how full it was it wasn't traditional saison to be sure but it did have um ooh, it had something that was that was nice it, those those adjuncts really work together and it really did the ginger very well uh number two lagunitas that was really good that that was for a super dank, super hoppy, uber hoppy ale. That they they nailed the right parts of it, and mm-hmm. they forgoed the right parts of it as well. They right. just they they knew what they were doing, and they did it very well. And I'm gonna put the Sam Adams in first place. I liked getting a Flanders, uh, not a beer I get very often, right. and it, it tasted to me like a really good Flanders that was uh, that had the right. It had everything that I would expect out of Flanders. All right. Sounds good. A little bit long on the show. We're like an hour and 11 minutes, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed us forgetting about the last beer and, you know, Ballast Point's own little place in hell. 
play us out. Play us out. We're going to have some of the greatest stars of the 80s sing us a song. But before they get into it, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license, except for the music. Visit craftbeerradio.com. I don't know if we can do that, but we're going to try. Uh, visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. At Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Go on. Oh, how about that, that, that beat in the background? Is that a real drum? Doesn't sound like it, no. That song. God's great big family And the truth You know love is all, all we need All we need The world We are the world We are the children We are the children We are the ones who make a brighter day So, so let's start giving Start giving. There's a choice we're making. A choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. Saving our lives. Just you and me. Just you and me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh.